Hello, friends. This is Shay in the Catskills. Welcome to the September 2022 offering. I'm so delighted to share this time and space with you. I'm recording this on Tuesday, August 30th at uh, 9.58 a.m. in Phoenicia, New York. So last week, my little town declared a state of emergency and a burn ban due to prolonged drought conditions. The sun keeps shining, the creek gets lower, the brown patches on the mountains spread. The insects and tree frogs continue making their layered curtains of sound through the evening and night. I wonder how you are as we approach the equinox. I want to let you know about a project that I've been working on for some time now. It's called Tarot as Questions. And basically what I do is in the morning, I pull a card from Etel Cocoon's Tarot as Color deck and write about the arcana. And um, basically, I give myself about 2,000 characters or the length of an Instagram post to say something about the card and to offer some questions as a way into um, your personal experience of this arcana. And I've written entries on 52 out of the 78 arcana so far in my new series. And so if you're into journal prompts, this is going to be right up your alley. So there's a link to tarot as questions and everything else I'm going to talk about in the episode notes for this episode. My books are open for readings in September and thank you so much to all of you who continue to support my work in so many amazing and generous ways. Opening with a quote from Mother Anne Lee, who was a founder of a Shaker community, um, here in the United States, do your work as though you had a thousand years to live and as if you were to die tomorrow. That quote appeared on a piece of correspondence that I received from an artist's union that I am a part of called Ilsa. And it struck me. It was on the back envelope flap. And I thought, how beautiful. Do your work as though you had a thousand years to live and as if you were to die tomorrow. And as I looked into Mother Anne Lee a little bit, she's a bit ascetic for my current spiritual tastes. And um, wow, what a person, you know. And next is a quote from Dr. Bio Komalafe, who was in conversation with Ayana Young on her For the Wild podcast. And the line that jumped out at me as I was listening is, in what way does being good actually become an obstacle to being sensuous? And, you know, as I read that, I think it's an interesting, um, it's almost as if Mother Ann Lee and Dr. Bio Akomalafe are in conversation with each other through those two quotes. Do your work as though you had a thousand years to live and as if you were to die tomorrow, said this ascetic shaker woman. And in what way does being good actually become an obstacle to being sensuous? From Dr. Bio Akomalafe. So next up is, you might be interested. First up is Perdita Finn's Take Back the Magic fall class schedule is up on her website. I've been working with Perdita and the dead and an amazing community of people for almost two years now, and it's been a life changer. And I actually am um, 
wrote a bit about this in this month's tarot offering. So stay tuned in just a few minutes to hear more about that. But there are links to her fall class schedule in the episode notes. Next up is, are you feeling despairing about gestures broadly? (laughs) Join me for delicious ready-made actions now through November with showing up for racial justice or search. Among other things, we will be calling key voters in the fight to protect abortion access in Kentucky. If you saw what happened in Kansas with the vote to protect abortion access, you can see that these so-called red states are actually filled with people who are um, suffer under a sort of right-wing you know, government, state government and federal government, and who very much want to protect their access to abortion, among many other things. So if you are curious but anxious about participating in these actions or you have questions, please reach out. And related to that, finally, under You Might Be Interested, is the Ritualist Podcast Episode 4 on Rituals of Civic Engagement, in which I talk quite a bit about my work with Surge and what it's like for me. Um, and so that could give you a little window into like what we're up to, at least from my perspective. Um, and also the ritualist episode five on death and ritual with yours truly and my friend Peg Conway. Peg recently did a social media post about the podcast and she talked about sometimes things can be easy. And it's really been true with this collaboration between us on this podcast. We sort of agreed from the beginning that we would continue doing it as long as it felt easy and fun. And we just recorded episode eight yesterday, and it continues to be easy and fun. Um, And we would love to hear from you if you're listening and you have questions or want to share your own experience of anything that we're talking about, or if you have ideas for future episodes, we would absolutely love to hear from you. So under what's inspiring me now, my friend Suzette Klaus, Art Apothecary, what can I say about this body of work? Art Apothecary, when I first heard her say those words, Something very um, magical, childlike world bloomed in my mind. And when I got to talk to her and hear her describe what this body, ongoing body of work is, and I looked at images on her website, I, I mean, inspiring is just not even, um, doesn't even do it justice for how this, this work makes me feel. Um, And also Suzette's creative mindfulness process called visual medicine. Um, This has been keeping me joyfully absorbed in my studio for weeks. So um, I encourage you to check both of those out. Next up is a um, social media post called Endless Illustration by an artist named Viscange, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing their name correctly, um, but there's a link for you to check it out. It's sort of hard to describe, but it's an illustration where it's an animated drawing where the person keeps enlarging the image on the screen and opening up, you know, focusing on a little detail of the image and inside that detail, a whole new world opens up. It was, it gave me a similar actually 
feeling of childlike wonder that I got from the art apothecary work. So both of those sort of stir in me this kind of magical world, uh, magical portals. Next up is a conversation that Ange Roel had with Ayana Young on uh, the For the Wild podcast on bees. Ange Roel is a beekeeper. And here's a quote from that episode. Ange says, we're meant to be working together on ritual. We're meant to be grieving together, connecting to each other and communicating. We're meant to be building together. And when I look inside of a hive, I see a lot of that ritualized and seasonal work. This conversation blew my mind. I listened to it twice in a row because I was like, surely I did not catch everything here. Um, it was just really beautiful. It made me really appreciate like there are just worlds inside worlds and bees are very magical creatures. Andrew Owell talked about bees as being portals between life and death. So all of that was just so rich and fascinating. So there's that. Next up, Twitter is a hellscape and I absolutely love this account called Women's Art. They just post women's art and such a diversity of media and everything. Just, I really appreciate being exposed to so many different creative expressions. And so within the hellscape of social media, there are these oases of um, inspiration, and that's one of them. Next up is a short article called The Hustle Behind Bars by Beth Schwartzapfel. The Marshall Project recently asked several incarcerated people to log the money they made and spent in a month and to describe how they navigate the unique challenges of prison economics. This was really fascinating to me, and it was a reminder, a sober reminder, that slavery is well underway and continuing right now, today, in prisons, where many people are paid nothing for doing work for corporations or paid very, very little. And to see the creativity and the resourcefulness and brilliance of incarcerated people finding a way to um, make their situations work um, is just really incredible. So I recommend that. And finally, just under the wire, my friend Michelle sent me a link to um, a piece that was in the Times Magazine called Cecilia Vicuña's, I'm not saying her name properly, Cecilia Vicuña's Desire Lines. A quote from that piece, Cecilia said, this is the time for all of us present in this room to put our hearts, our money, our everything in the service of healing this earth. And that is the main art. It's also an instance where, you know, a woman who has been making art for decades, literally like her whole life been just like making art all the time. And now she's in her seventies and she is noticed and recognized finally by all these major institutions. You know, I have so many mixed feelings about that. I mean, thank goddess it's finally happening. And also, I mean, come on people. <laughs> um, okay. That wraps up 
what's inspiring me now. So on to the tarot offering of the month, which is called generative intersections. And um, there's an image here of Major Arcana number 20, the judgment card from Coleman Stevenson's The Dark Exact Tarot. And it's an image. Um, the card is a matte black and on it is a white line drawing of the palm of a hand with a number of symbols on the palm and the fingers and a number of arrows and lines running through and across the palm and wrist in different directions. And some of the lines just move right off the card. So that's the image that we're working with here. I appreciate this image from Coleman Stevenson's Dark Exact Tarot because it dispenses with the Christian imagery of many decks and suggests that mysterious resonance between our current life and the long story of our soul. And I just want to add here that the framing, the long story of the soul is um, a framing that I received from Perdita Finn. The penultimate arcana in the fool's journey, judgment is a trip into and out of our depths, hence its association with Thonic Pluto. If major arcana one, the magician is our personal power, and Major Arcana 10, the Wheel of Fortune, is about larger cycles and seasons of time. Major Arcana 20, Judgment, is what happens when those two streams intersect. When the specificity of who we are now touches the long story of our soul, a tremendous force and energy is released. The function of the overculture is to keep that force and energy tied up in an anxious swirl of self-doubt, insecurity, real or anticipated precarity, isolation, conflict, numbness, and distraction. There are two things that I have found conducive to making contact with this intersection, the heart's desire and working with the dead. I write about the heart's desire quite a bit and everything I know about it, I've learned in the way of the Rose community and by praying 54 day novenas. Here, I wanna say a little bit about working with the dead. As a Zen practitioner and liturgist, I recited the names of the ancestors, made offerings and chanted devoted invocations. This was the beginning of my working with the dead. In January of 2021, I began learning about working with the dead in Perdita Finn's classes and the community she creates around this work. For me, the communal nature of the work has been key. Here are a few things I have learned about being in relationship with the dead in community with others. Number one, the dead work in Kairos, not clock time. The people I'm doing this work with, it turns out, hold important pieces of my own long story. Through our storytelling and sharing of our dead, we create connections that seem to speed things up and generate leaps. Number two, the dead don't need us to heal them. Most other frameworks for ancestral work I've come across speak about the work as, quote, healing our ancestral line. But I'm coming to appreciate that the dead actually long to be in relationship with us, to collaborate with us on our desires and intractable perplexities, to help us remember what we've forgotten so that we can better navigate this life and future lives. Number three, there is no one way or right way to be in relationship with the dead. 
The particular form my work with the dead takes is devotion, calling in their names for the 49 days after their passing, putting them on my altar, and asking them for help. The work that others do is as varied and imaginative as each of us are, and our work weaves together seamlessly, beautifully, miraculously, literally. And number four, humans have been talking to and in deep relationship with the dead for time out of mind. Patriarchy and colonialism make quite the project of separating us from this sacred relationship because they know how much power it holds. It makes possibility of the impossible, opens cracks in walls we didn't know were even there, and brings us into a more right relationship with all of life, including death. If you want to learn more, or to put it differently, remember the relationship you already have with the dead, I recommend checking out Perdita Finn's Schedule of Fall classes. We already know how to talk to the dead and listen to them. But doing this remembering with other people is so much of the magic. You can find out more about my tarot work on my website. And in closing is a quote from Dana Tortorici in an article called Your Body, My Choice, The Movement to Criminalize Abortion that appeared in N Plus One. She says, to be anti-criminalization in this environment begins with recognizing that no morally complex social issue has ever been solved by criminalization. Amen. So that is what I have for you this month. Thank you so much for listening and sharing this time and space with me. And um, I look forward to seeing you here next month. In the meantime, take good care.